Hey there, this is Holly Shaw, and welcome to another episode of Women in Hollywood, Warriors from Within, here on the Performers and Creators Lab podcast. As a mom of a 15-year-old boy, I would say that a day doesn't go by that I don't get a pang of worry when I see my son with his phone or a video game or his iPad in his hands. And adding to that worry, (laughs) being at Digital Hollywood, there is definitely a lot of conversations about how the world is growing increasingly more digital. And I found myself wondering, how are we going to make sure that these experiences are actually helpful to us and not damaging? I want to know who is making sure that we are going to use these tools to actually enhance our humanity and not numb ourselves out, right? So I was excited to meet Jerry Lynn Hogg. She's the director of the very first media psychology PhD program at Fielding Graduate University. And as we talked about the potential of technology like virtual reality and where creators are already imagining taking this technology, I was heartened to see that there are women warriors out there, women in Hollywood, warriors from within, who are already, you know, thinking about this stuff and and steering the ship, so to speak. Hi there, this is Holly Shaw. I'm here at the Digital Hollywood Conference, and I want to thank Digital Hollywood for being one of our sponsors today, as well as Sennheiser. So I'm here with Jerry Lynn Hogg from Fielding Graduate University. Hey, Jerry, how's it going? Are it's you great. enjoying yourself here? Very much so. Awesome. So it's just the beginning of the week. So, so you were telling me something fascinating. You are um, you run one of the first. PhD programs in media psychology. Am, am I That's getting right. it right? That's right. We're the first <laughs> media psychology program in the world, um, focusing on um, social change. Yeah. So we have PhD, masters, and certificate students all in media psychology. Okay. And so media psychology. I was just we just touched on this a little bit with Cynthia Lieberman. Right. But um, can you tell us unpack that because I sure. was so fascinated to find out that that was a thing. So uh, you and and many other people, I have yeah. to tell you, it makes great. Uh, uh, airplane talk, people go, well, a media psychologist, what's that? Right. But so the soundbite really is how media and technology influence the way we behave. Yeah. But if you want to think of a bit, a little bit further, how we make meaning of our lives, how we form relationships and connect. So you can see definitely how uh, media and technology are, play such an important place there now. Sure, because there's there's such connectors in our lives. Exactly. I mean, we're living exactly. most of our lives through and, media. And yet, in many ways, um, our core drivers, the way we want to have that need to connect mm. is fundamental. And so what we understand from years back are the same now. We're yeah. just switching out or facilitating in different ways. So what's, what's one of the most fascinating things that, um, about media psychology? Like some of the findings that <laughs> put you on the okay, spot. that's big. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was only a few minutes. Didn't know we were going to be here. For, um, one of the areas I'm particularly interested in, I mean, I've always w- been interested in, in what changes, not necessarily what's good or bad, but what changes as we um, become more digitally connected. Yeah. And uh, I'm also a positive psychologist, so I'm looking at our strengths. We need 
to know what areas where there are problems so we can bolster for it, but let's lead with our strengths. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested in environments, um, so the augmented and virtual reality, which are two of the things that are being featured here at at Digital Hollywood this week, is an area that I've done a lot of research and I'm particularly interested in. I started out in the online world uh, creating educational environments, which makes sense since I'm the director of the media psychology program. But I definitely have evolved into, as we move into augmented and virtual spaces, how are we using that? How, how is that technology um, influencing us? And I think we're going to get to a point, and certainly we're already starting to talk about it when we talk about mixed reality, where we no longer are talking about are we in virtual reality? Are we in real life? Are we, you know, in this mixed space? But instead, that that will be start to be seamless, and we'll no longer be talking about the specific technology, and rather what's experience when we're in there, and what kinds of environments can we can create to sort of facilitate that. Okay, wow, you're really blowing my mind. <laughs> well, so, let, let, let me take yeah, a step put back. Some context so to that. Many of you might remember that Second Life. That's kind of frightening yeah. to me. <laughs> it shouldn't be. Okay. But it is when you look at, like, okay, we're all going to be these avatars, and I'm right? not speaking okay. about that. But that is one of the ways that I um, also got interested in, in doing further research. I participated in Second Life and actually used to teach classes in Second Life. And, and some of you folks know exactly what that are that is, and some folks don't. But it was a space, a virtual reality space, um, if you want to call it that, where people could get online on their computer, create an avatar. Most often, they'd create an avatar that looked very similar to them mm-hmm. and create different spaces, um, you know, whether it's a, a beach or you could even have a classroom or an amphitheater. Mm-hmm. In this one particular case, I uh, you could go into see some of Michelangelo's work or something oh, wow. and travel the world. Cool. And I had just finished teaching a class, and I was hanging out with a couple of my colleagues, and I happened to be in West Hartford, Connecticut, mm-hmm. in a blizzard sitting at my computer, and one of my colleagues was in Philadelphia, and another one of my colleagues was in the OC, nice warm, uh, California, and we were all sitting there, avatar next to avatar, the three of us, and we were in a beach scene, and the palm trees were sort of blowing in the wind, and here I was in this warm environment, feeling like I was sharing that same physical space, even though cognitively I knew I wasn't there. I knew I was in a blizzard in West Hartford, Connecticut, of course, in my warm house inside of of that weather. Um, And yet I had that sensation of sharing the same space with them and um, being in a very relaxing, the palm trees swaying gently and, and, you know, the waves and all relaxed me. And ever since then, I have been intrigued about how can we get into that and what is it that in our brain that facilitates that? Yeah, that's fascinating to me as a, as a former dancer, as a very somatic body, energetic transmission type of person. Like mm-hmm. I'm an in-person person. So I guess what's coming to mind for me is how, what about the transmission of energy? Like I'm wondering if just seeing it, having your senses stimulated replicates that somehow. Do you know anything about right. that? So we, we do know um, m- m- micro steps. And certainly the technology is continuing to facilitate things. And we're getting to places where we're not relying just on what we can see when we're in a virtual environment. We're getting into tactile types of things and even augmented sound. Um, There's some great things coming out of Bose if you haven't looked at that. Um, But 
I, I also want to say some of it is that experiential, what you're talking about, and it yeah. isn't necessarily the technology that's making us feel feel that. And I'm also not saying I think we all should just jump into a virtual environment um, and live there all together. Uh, I mean, when, when I go out and speak about this, uh, one of the first questions is, you know, why? Why would I even want a virtual experience? Mm. Other than, obviously, the people that are in the um, game and entertainment want that, you yeah. know, sort of um, intense, because we know it's it, that there's a heightened emotion because you've got all these sensations around you. Um, but but why why would I want to pray? Right. And I'm not saying let's all move there. I think mm-hmm. the fear is that we'll be alone together, sort of um, uh, Sherry Turkles, that we'll be sitting yeah. side by side with our goggles on, you know, our headsets right. on, and, right. and not actually right. interacting or maybe interacting in that virtual space, even though we're sharing the same physical mm-hmm. space. I mean, look at the different types of things. For example, let's use a few extreme things. Um, a military person is is deployed and wife is having the baby and now can oh. maybe be in that virtual experience to be able to feel like they're sharing oh, that same wow. physical physical space, or look at those kinds of potentials that it's yeah. giving us. And again, yeah. um, we, we, we know this about social media. You don't have everyone all use the same social media. You don't have someone get on and use everything that's available. So I'm not sure. saying let's use all of these technologies just because they're new and creative and innovative, right. but understand what kinds of things are helping to facilitate. Yeah, I have possible. some students right now that are um, doing research one um, there's a movie out from the United Nations, Cloud Over Cedra, and she just finished her dissertation. And she was talking about how the um, heightened emotional uh, impact that um, being in that virtual reality experience was. And if you're not familiar with it, that is a movie where they followed a 12-year-old a girl that was in a, 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 a Syrian refugee camp. Um, So, and they followed what her day was like and for people to be able to understand what it was like to be in that situation. Exactly. I'm someone that can't even watch a scary movie. Well, right. So, well, that brings up that (laughs) one thing I think we do have to be mindful of. And this is where we need to continue to have some research is the ethical considerations because we start to get into that point of, you know, did I really experience this? You know, they. Um, I think that one that one research study that was was is cited frequently as a child went to um, Disney World and a virtual reality experience, and yeah. then later on didn't remember that they hadn't actually been there. Believed that they really truly had been there. Wow. So I'm I'm scared with scary movies too, and yeah. so it's one thing for me on a screen <laughs> to see Freddy, and another one for him to pop out right next to me. And so exactly. I think we do yeah. need to continue yeah. to um, do research in that area and be aware of yeah, exactly how that might be experiencing trauma. If if that child is experiencing trauma. I see how VR, virtual reality, could build empathy by mm-hmm. following around a 12-year-old girl. If we're watching and we're experiencing something that someone is being traumatized experiencing, is there, like, a good case for spreading that traumatized PTSD? Right. And I, and, and I think that's why we have to think, yeah. of, understand it and use it ethically. Here, let's counter with what kind of positive yeah. things that can do. They're doing using um, VR and medical, now medical VR. And so um, one example is a child that was through a horrible um, accident where he had to have his bandages changed every day, and it was an incredibly painful incident. Um, he had heightened anxiety. Um and obviously lots and lots of pain. They would have to give him um, painkillers before they could even do this. Um, They put him in a VR experience, 
in attempts to reduce, not only did it reduce, it eliminated. So the child no longer felt pain and wasn't anxious about it. And they were still doing the exact same procedures. And so they're continuing to do that. There's a lot of studies, particularly out of Stanford right now, where... um, um, they're using the medical VR, nice. and the things that we might be able, the potential that we might be able to do there is, is quite amazing. Well, and the things that we can learn about the human mind and our experiences and how malleable they are, mm. I find really fascinating. I d- didn't tell you, but I'm a hypnotherapist, so I... So you understand it sounds like it hypnosis exactly. to it some is. degree. It's it is. hypnosis. Um, but yeah. I, see, I see a sliding scale between hypnosis, meditation, um, yeah. even types of things that you're getting through, through yeah. yoga or maybe possibly a chiropractor or an acupuncturist, because... Yeah. We are looking at the different systems in the body and being able yeah. to relax those and then yeah. get into a, a visual meditative state. And so certainly something like that can be done yeah. in a virtual environment as well. Right. So just like any tool could be used to harm or traumatize, mm-hmm. this tool could also be used to heal as exactly. a healing device, which is very exciting. Exactly. Just really great. I love this conversation we're having, and it feels like we get to have more of it. So, <laughs> so Cynthia, what's um, what is your project right now? What are you um, excited about next? Oh, gee. Um, so, well, Jerry Lynn, just to just to. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Jerry Lynn Hogg. I'm I've been here a little too long. <laughs> I'm speaking with Jerry Lynn Hogg from Fielding <laughs> Graduate University. That's all right. That's all right. That's a, that's a great name, too. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you excited? Uh, so um, an interesting one that um, one of my students who is lives in Jordan, and she's worked with the uh, World Health Organization quite a bit, um, is a nutritionist. And she's using augmented reality and looking at what types of possible research you can do using augmented reality for nutritional benefits so that if you can overlay oh. information and uh, over a meal, and because she's even gone into Syria and worked with the refugees there and helped um, the families with nutrition. So, so I, there's so many different oh areas. We could, I'm, so could go on and on. Thank so. you so much, Jerry Lynn Hogg. I really Thank appreciate you. it. <laughs> Be sure to stay tuned for another episode of Women in Hollywood Warriors from Within coming at you next week. And while you're at it, go ahead and rate, review, and subscribe to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for listening. My name is Holly Shaw.